The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about family being fit. And we're not talking about physically fit. We're talking about being emotionally fit. And we learn about conflict resolution and we learn about forgiveness and all those things in our families. And so I found this wonderful book in in the uh, radio and TV interview magazine called Family Fit, and it's by Dr. John Mayer. And let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. John Mayer is a practicing clinical psychologist, author, consultant, and international business leader. And he happens to be from my hometown, Chicago. He received his doctorate from Northwestern Medical School. And he's the author of 60 professional articles, 20 books, a screenplay, and a stage play. And he received a contract on his first novel, Shadow Warrior, to develop it into a major motion picture, which is pretty exciting. And he is writing in both the scientific and public forum. His newsletter, Mayor's Memo, is widely acclaimed for its hard-hitting guidance on the most important topics on youth. And Mayor's Memo is in its 25th year and is distributed to schools, institutions, and parents across the United States. And so I thought it would be great to talk about how to have healthy kids in emotionally and, and healthy families and deal with the bullying because we're hearing about cyberbullying all the time. We're hearing about kids, you know, committing suicide and all those things. So what we want to do is really have a place where it's a safe place for healing conflict within the family. And of course, if if people learn good conflict resolution skills and healthy skills of resolving issues within the family, then it's easier outside of the family as well. So let's talk about, let's start out with uh, bullying. And thank you so much for joining us, John. It's my pleasure, Mari. Let's talk about the concern about bullying. Well, it's, a critically important topic um, in our society right now. I'm often called on many of the headline cases you see in the news about kids getting into trouble or violent kids, and I will tell you that every single case that I've been involved on personally as a consultant, there has been some bullying in the background of the perpetrators of these crimes. Mm. So that's how serious it is. Yeah, so once you're bullied, then then often you have to react to it or, or let, you know, 
kind of react in a, a knee-jerk reaction and do the same thing back to someone else, right? Well, it's often like a time bomb, Mari, mm. that what happens is, in fact, I, I had a young man in my office just last week who uh, is being bullied. He's six foot six and 337 pounds mm. at 14 years of age. And you can imagine he's being bullied for being fat or, you know, uh, all kinds of other comments that, that his peer group makes. And this is a powerful young man. And what happens is that he explodes. He lets it build up, lets it build up, lets it build up. And he just uh, takes too much. And then it, it, there's the time bomb. It just goes off. Yes. He's literally picked up teachers at school and thrown them against the uh, wall, you know, getting mad. Yeah. Uh, so this is what we're dealing with. And this is, again, it's been in the background of every single case that I've been on. So I can't talk to some of the cases I haven't. But when you read behind the headlines of our national tragedies with teens and these violent school shootings and things, you will see in there that these kids have been picked on. They have been socially rejected. And this is what we're talking about. It's a very serious problem. So, you know, I know we talk about prevention of bullying, but what do you do? I mean, you're a psychologist and you deal with this when these kids come into you and you have this challenge with this, this tall, heavy set kid who really can hurt somebody. And so how do you deal with a child like that or a young man like that? What are some of the things that you have to do to help him to get over that and, and get to be uh, emotionally healthy and be able to withstand that kind of stuff? Well, Mari, that's the critical question, and let me start with the very first thing that I look them in the eyes with, all of these kids that come into my office that have been bullied, and look them in the eyes and say, it's not your fault. It's very important, and it's very important for your listeners to hear out there. Mm -hmm. If you're helping the victims of being teased or bullied, it's very important to, to talk to them and say, you're not wrong. It's not you. It's the other person. You know, for example, this big boy, the statistics show that the number one cause, the number one reason our kids are bullied is by something about how they look. Right. And this, the other thing that I go into, I say, sometimes when I give school presentations on this and I have an entire school that I'm talking to, I'll point out to the audience and I'll say, Who's got the best ears in this whole auditorium? Who's got the best nose? Who's got the prettiest hair? And the kids look around like oh, they're perplexed. You know, it's like, what, what's this guy talking about? Yeah. And, and the punchline is nobody's got the perfect hair, the best nose, the best. We're all individuals. This boy who is so big at this age is just an individual. Will he be that big the rest of his life? Does this define him? No. And this is where I start with the uh, bullied boy or the teased young person. This doesn't define your life. This is a moment right now, and there's something wrong with those kids that are picking on you. Uh, and you need to understand that. It's not you. And so that's where we start. We help the victim understand that it's not them. There's something going on with that other person's life, why they have to do this to you. But then they still have to go back to school and they still have to live with it. So how do they learn to watch their boundaries in a way that is not going to be picking somebody up and throwing them across the room? What kinds of things do you teach them so that they 
can deal with it because it's going to continue to happen, especially if people are, you know, I mean, you don't have everybody in the room at the same time. You're dealing with this one child. Well, there's our research in this area shows that there's only three ways to effectively deal with this when you're being bullied or teased. And these are the only three things that work. And I'm going to give you a little preamble before I give you the punchline here. Okay, okay. Because many times in, in past generations, parents have suggested ways to deal with the bully that doesn't work, such as, well, you go back there tomorrow and you punch that fellow right in the nose who's teasing you. Mm-hmm. Or they're saying something that's, that's bullying you or teasing you. Let's think all night here at the dinner table of, what you can go back there tomorrow and you can be even more clever than they are. All of those type of techniques create what I call the arms race, the nuclear arms race, because, all right, you're going to go back there and you're either going to punch that person or you're going to have the wittier remark. What do you think the other person is going to do? Well, they're going to gather their troops, whether it's their parents or their peers, and they're going to come back and they're going to retaliate. You know, one of the big problems of all this teen violence we have, uh, especially, you know, the city of Chicago has been very much in the news recently uh, um, and has been all year because of uh, violent crime and killings. And so much of it is involved with these gangs. And the number one cause of these gangs uh, shooting at each other is because somebody, quite literally, Mari, this is going to yeah. sound unbelievable, somebody got disrespected. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it's secondarily, it's about money. Third, it's about territory, you know, these things you read about. Right. But right. the number one reason is because somebody disrespected them, and yes. they went and they, and they became violent over it. So back to what I was about to say. Yeah. So, so what are the what are the three reasons? What are the three things you can do? Right. So much of what I'm going to say is going to be common sense, but it really works. Okay. Research is showing. Number one, you need to ignore it. Human nature tells us that if you don't get stimulated by it, if you don't give a reaction to it, then it'll go away. Most of the time, the teaser or the bully wants to get a reaction out of you. You don't give them give them the satisfaction of it. It will end. It's basic psychology 101, the laws of stimulus and response. Second thing, and it's a corollary to the first, but a little nuance, and that is you can't react to it. It's the hardest thing to teach kids because sometimes they're good at ignoring it, but the little crocodile tears come out or right. you know, they pout or their mouth frowns. Right. We need to teach our kids that's, that's satisfaction enough sometimes for the teaser bully. So you literally have to be the infamous tabula rasa. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't, you keep blank slate. You can't react to the bullying or teasing. Mm. And the third one is key and why I'm so anxious to do shows like this. So you need to tell an adult who's in charge at that moment what's going on. Right. The adults need to know so that we can take care of it, and I can talk a little bit about that. We can intervene, and we can help you with it. So the importance of being on a show like this, and I, again, thank you for the opportunity of, of saying these things, that we want to get the word out to adults that, one, take this serious, and, two, have the tools by which to help the victims and the bully. 
Right. Remember I said remember I said before. They're both victims, right? Yeah. There there there's something going on with them that they have to do this. Either they don't know how to socialize or they have their own psychological problems, which if we want to I can get into a little bit. Uh, but there's something going on with that, that bully and teaser. That's why we have to attend to them as well. So if the adults know, then we can take care of this, we can intervene, and we can stop it. So, so it really is your, takes... Yeah, so ahead, is your suggestion then that the child go to his parent first, or if it's at school, goes to the teacher or the principal? Where exactly should the child go first? Great clarification. Go to the adult that's in charge at that time, whatever it be. And if it's in school, which, by the way, most teasing and bullying happens in school. Right. And I can, I can explain why in a minute. Go to the teacher if it's in school. If you're in an um, athletic team or uh, an extracurricular activity like a music group or an art group, go to that adult who's in charge. No satisfaction there, go to your parents. And, of course, always tell your parents. Mm-hmm. Plus the adult in charge, right. because this is really a problem that's only going to be cured as we surround the children and the child who's bullied in an environment that knows what to do. So we have to get the word out to not only those adults in charge at the moment the child is in activity or school, but also to their parents. Okay, so then the next step is, I know that I've seen this before. I used to teach high school and junior high before I became a lawyer. And sometimes the teachers don't really know what to do. And, exactly. And so what should be the first thing that the parent or the teacher or the principal should do? Okay, I'm going to be a little controversial here now. <laughs> okay. The first thing is, the teacher or bullier needs to be disciplined. This is a discipline and a behavior problem. They're doing something wrong, whether in school or that activity. It should be treated no different than other behaviors that violate the behavioral code of the school or the activity or the team. So you need to discipline that, that child who's doing this. You ignore it, and the victims do not feel safe. More importantly, every other child is watching what's going on and they won't feel safe in that school or that activity as well. So what so kind of discipline? Yeah, what kind of discipline well, should it be? Sometimes, Mari, it can start with, with the first occurrence or a minor offense or an errant word that comes out of a child's mouth. And start with just stop. We don't do that here. Mm-hmm. Can, I tell you, can I tell you a personal story? Yes, uh, yeah, I love it. Go ahead. Sunday dinners are precious to me because I work so hard and um, it's the only time I really get to eat with my family. This is years ago. All my kids are adults now. But one Sunday dinner, my daughter was 16, very popular. She's a cute little girl, a lot of boyfriends, etc. My son was 13 at the time and he was a typical 13-year-old Midwestern boy, an athlete and you know, wasn't interested in girls, and, you know, I don't even know if he knew they existed. Right. But, but at this precious Sunday dinner table, my daughter turns to my son and says, Are you a blank? <laughs> and I won't mention that word on your show. <laughs> okay. 
you know, the audience can fill in the blanks because you don't have a girlfriend. Yeah. And my son just scoured at her. But more importantly, Mari, I looked directly in her eyes with fire in my eyes and firmly, uh, as I mean it, mean it, said to her, we don't talk to other people like this. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Real sophisticated. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she looked at me like a deer in headlights. <laughs> and uh, I didn't have to do anything else. I had never had another problem between those two again. Hmm. Kids need to see we mean it. That's all I had to do. I didn't send her to her room. I didn't ground her for a month. I didn't, uh, you know, take her dinner away from her. I simply said, we don't talk this way. Shut up. Or the equivalent, you could say, stop it. Right, right. So personal story, it works. It will we forget how powerful we are as adults in kids' lives. Yes, and, and to say it immediately, turn, like not to exactly. let it... Exactly. Yeah, immediately. Brilliant. Brilliant comment, because that's, again, what people sometimes don't do, is they let it go and then you know, wait for a private time or whatever. For teachers especially who are listening, it's very important in the classroom. Let's say you have 20, 25 other little Indians in that classroom important for you to show them that you're in charge and all you got to do sometimes is say stop it that's all we don't talk to other people that way you'll see the reaction i don't care if they're 17 year old high school students you're going to see a reaction on that so consequences it starts with that yeah we need to start in our society to say stop this we don't talk that way to other people all the way up if the child doesn't stop they may have some other problems They might be reasons why they don't stop. Then you fit them in whatever discipline system, your school, your activity, your team, or your home may have. Then you start with things such as groundings or, um, you know, exclusion from something or taking away something, et cetera, et cetera. But it starts with that. It's going to stop right here. How about bullying training, like anti-bullying training in the schools? What do you think about that? Well, um, again, I'm going to be a little controversial here. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I, um, I know you didn't bargain for that when you asked no, me to the interview. But as long as you don't say a dirty word, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good. One of the problems is, uh, you know, a lot of people have jumped on this bullying bandwagon uh, and offer all these training programs and things. Some of them, one of the most popular that gets a lot of... Uh, press and, and gets uh, wide uh, attention is uh, something that can cost the school upwards of ten, eleven, twelve thousand dollars mm. It's kind of a layered approach. And um, it's, those kinds of things are really needless. Uh, for example, on my website, which we'll talk about uh, hopefully at the end of the, uh, the show here, um, I have a simple uh, pamphlet that schools can download, which uh, gives you everything and more that this $12,000 program has. Um, it's, it's really basic concepts in terms of training the adults to do the right thing, say the right thing, be aware of the things that are going on, 
And um, we know a lot in our field. Why, Why I talk this way is that my first, you mentioned my newsletter that goes to schools from coast to coast, Mayor's Memo. And uh, I looked up, as I've been being interviewed a lot on this bullying problem, I looked up when I first talked about it, and believe it or not, it was 20 years ago when nobody else was talking about it. And I will tell you, Mari, when I gave presentations at schools and lectures at schools on this issue 20 years ago, I was almost laughed at. Yeah. Because people say, there's not a problem. You know, we got other problems with kids. You know, this bullying, mm-hmm. teasing, you know, that's normal. That happens all the time. You just learn to let it, you know, right. bounce off your thing. Right. No, it wasn't true then. It isn't true now. Now we have this increase in cyberbullying, which is really pretty terrifying because sometimes you don't even know who's doing it to you. You just know that, you know, you know what I mean? There is the cyberbullying oh, yeah. online. So I noticed, and I I did download, I should mention that I did download the Parents Mini Manual of Bullying and Teasing, Stop It, Prevent It, by John Mayer, who we're speaking with right now. And so this is really helpful, too. So tell us about the cyberbullying. I think parents are really worried about that, and that is, you know, the kids, are when they're at school and they're being bullied, it's usually face-to-face. When they're home and they're being bullied by these kids, you know, they're not even safe in their own home. You hit it right on the head. The biggest problem that we have with the cyberbullying is that the perpetrators are anonymous. They're they're ghosts. Right. They can come out of anywhere. Um, so that's the real difference between a lot of the things that I've been saying here about bullying and teasing and the cyberbullying. It's really the same phenomenon. The difference is that the perpetrators are, we can't, you know, we can't intervene with. So we have to then focus our efforts on the victims, our own kids, yes, and preventing it and stopping it. That's the title of my little mini-manual. Right. Is, um, you know, so what do we do? We do everything that I talked about with the victims. First of all, you know, they, they teach them, intervene with them that... <laughs> This is not you, you know. This somebody's. This is somebody's problem out there that they have to do this to you. Yes. Um, the other thing, by stopping it, another controversial statement here is that we have to monitor our kids on the on the on the net. You Absolutely. Know, on the Unfortunately, you a know? lot of the kids know how to uh, maneuver the web much better than their parents do, and their parents Absolutely. aren't around. I mean, they're saying that they're doing homework on their laptop or on their iPad or whatever, and then the parents are, are really kind of oblivious to what they're doing and don't even know how to get into all these different um, chat rooms and other places that the kids are in. But you'd be surprised, Mari, that again I go back to how sometimes we as adults abdicate the power and influence we have over our kids by just going, oh, they know more than I do about this, and what am I going to do about this is, you know, as soon as I tell them to click off that screen, if I turn my back, they're going to be on it, you know, again. That's all true. But, again, you'll be surprised when you look your child in the eye, and you mean it, just like <laughs> picture me at that dinner table. Right, right. And just you look at your child and say, no, we don't do that. How powerful that is. But the what problem is, is when they're the victim, and, you know, but I, I think you're right, when, when you stop them and you tell them we don't do that, you don't do that on the Internet, but when it's the victim and the, the child that's not telling you what's going on, there's, um, 
that that might exactly. be an issue. That's a little bit harder, isn't it? It is, and that's again why I'm so eager and honored to be on shows like yours. And you deserve so much credit to have this discussion because it's getting the word across. One of the reasons why kids don't tell us about it is because our response so traditionally has been, oh, I got more important things in life to worry about than you getting a name called or somebody's talking about your funny years or or something. And the more we take this seriously, the more we're going to create an environment and an atmosphere that our children will feel comfortable to let us know what's going on. And that's where we're getting the word out. And we're doing a, we're doing a better job at getting this out to adults in, the, in our world that take this seriously. And then it's like an invitation for the victims then to talk. They only don't talk to us because we, we shut that off. We, we present an attitude that closes them off to share the things that are hurting or embarrassing them. And we want to create an atmosphere in our homes to say, you can tell me anything. Right, right. And and to not make little of it. I think that's what I've heard, you know, sometimes parents say, oh, you know, hey, that's not true about you, or don't worry about it. Just, you know, if if we tell them to ignore it, but they're really hurting, then they might not want to tell us everything that's going on, right? I mean, that we- is so important. And if there's a takeaway for parents listening to this, Teachers, all adults listening to this show today, it's that very thing. And we all have our stories. Um, One thing that comes to my mind immediately is being in the seventh grade, and I couldn't ice skate, even though living in Chicago, believe it or not. We had a skating party, and my mother said, you can't go to the skating party. It's $7. I'm not paying $7. You don't even know how to skate. (laughs) Where's the logic of that? I was a big, strapping, athletic, tough kind of inner-city Chicago kid, you know, I closed the bathroom door and I cried Mm. and I cried and cried because I couldn't go to the seventh grade skating party. And I think this is the first time I'm publicly admitting this story, (laughs) but you see, we never know what our kids are hurting from. And so when we discount it or we don't welcome them to talk to us about it, you're going to have that big strapping seventh grade boy crying in the bathroom for hours, you know, and, and hurting. And, and, you know, sometimes the dad, and I don't know if your dad this is, well, come on, don't, don't cry, don't be a baby. You know, oh, and that's yeah. like the worst thing that we can do is to really not be empathetic toward our kids. And, uh, and when they're hurting to just, to just really, you know, for me, when my kids are hurting, of course, they're older now, you know, both of them are on their own. But even now when they call me, you know, if they're hurting, it hurts me. I'm yeah. feeling the hurting, but the good news is that they can come to me. And uh, tell me what's going on. You know, because I do this for a living, I I have to share something with you, is that we learn very quickly as a psychologist and a therapist that, you know, in one hour, uh, a teenager will come in and have uh, been eaten up and attacked and a big trauma in their life, and, you know, they're hurting from it. In the next hour... A young lady might come in, and she got her first B ever in a in a test or right, quiz in right. high school. And and you learn that the hurt and the emotional pain that both of these people are going through, you need to take both of them equally as as, as serious. Traumatic. Yeah, and they are. And they are. And they are. Well, because we are they are of... for that person. 
Yeah, and we are out of time, so just please give me your website and the name of your book, and then we'll have to have you back again. Thank you so much, John. Mari, I would love it. And my website, very new and innovative interactive website that I have uh, up, and it's troubledteens-thefix.com. Okay, and we have your book here as well. You want to just give the name of that, and then it's time to go. Please. And you can find that on the website. It's Family Fit, Find Your Life's Balance. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. And you take care and keep up the great work. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Mari. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests, download podcasts, and write us about what is of your concern about conflict healing in your life. Thank you. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.